Let's try that again. That was a little weak. Good morning. You know, I mean, this is family. We've got to be nice to one another, at least the family. And once we get nice to each other, then the world might even feel it, might run over. When our cup runs over, the rest of the world is going to feel it and sense it. Amen? All right, turn with me to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter 3. This is something that's dear and precious to my heart. Uh, matter of fact, this, this is really a, a foundational message uh, to what our ministry is all about. Uh, this will resonate. You will hear this. Uh, I hope you get. I hope you catch it this morning. And uh, if you do, it'll change your life forever. See, one of the things that the world, the, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to have life and life more abundantly. The world tells us and tries to give us examples of life, but that life is not really the life that we're supposed to be living. And what happens in the process is, even though we we know we're supposed to be living life and life more abundantly. Because of our unrenewed minds and the world we live in, we try to establish that life that we're living, that the God tells us about, through outside sources. You know, the world tells us how to, how to be successful and that if you have this or if you do this or if you don't do this. or You know, it gives us parameters on how to live life. Well, in Matthew chapter 3, there's a story about Jesus that he's coming along and he, he, he runs into a man named John the Baptist. And John, this is at the end of chapter 3. And John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And when Jesus comes up out of the water, he hears something. He hears for the first time, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Everybody knows the story, right? Now see, what had Jesus done up until this point? In ministry. Nothing. Hadn't healed any sick. Hadn't raised any dead. Hadn't changed the water into wine. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. I simply ask that you do what you do best. And that's teach us. Open the eyes of our understanding. We know so much, but we really understand so little. Holy Spirit, I pray that we can get through the intellect and get to the heart. We find out what you are really about. Holy Spirit, I pray that we read your word again for the first time. Revelation knowledge that changes life. Amen. We're going to go ahead and read this. I don't want to uh, you just take this for granted that it's Matthew chapter 3. It's at the end of the chapter. Verse 16. And when he had baptized Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. I tell you what, there's going to be some suddenlies take place in your life. Be prepared for some suddenlies. See, suddenlies aren't normal. 
we're too used to accepting normal. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now see, a lot of people, when I've shared this message before, a lot of people have heard that the first temptation of Jesus Christ was to turn the stone into bread. And most, I've talked to theologians all over, and they have all said, I've asked, what's the first temptation of Jesus Christ? And they say, to turn the stone into bread. But that's not what the Bible said. And we just read it. Because what the Bible just said was this. Now the tempter came to him and said, If you be the Son of God. The temptation wasn't to get him to turn the rock into bread. He could have turned it into roast beef. There was nothing wrong with the, in the Levitical law to turn the rock into bread. He could have turned it into anything he wanted to. The temptation was to get him to prove by what he did on the outside who God said he was on the inside. It was to get him to doubt who he was or to have to prove who he was. Jesus never had to prove who he was by what he did on the outside. He heard from heaven, this is my beloved son. He hadn't done anything. He just was the Son of God. See, Jesus knew that He was the Son of God. He said it back when He was a young child. I must be about my Father's business. But see, faith comes by. And He heard for the first time a voice from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom well pleased for what had he done see a lot of us think that our life is based on what we do a lot of us think that we're going to be a good son or a pleasing son by what we do but you are a pleasing son because god says you are he sees you that way you're a child of god you're a child of the most high king you are more than a conqueror once you've been born again you are your nature's changed. How, don't raise your hand, but <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you? How many people in here are sinners saved by grace? I said don't raise your hand. No, you're not. You were a sinner saved by grace. Now you've been born again. You're a new nature. You're a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become what? It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. I am a Keaton's kid. 
I want, what's the most natural thing for a sinner to do? Why do we still have a sin problem in the church? I mean, other churches, not this one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, I, I should have made... Other, why do other churches have a sin problem? It's easy to pick on the other one. Because they still see themselves as sinners. They're just doing what comes natural. What's the most natural thing for someone that's righteous to do? What's the most natural thing for someone that's noble to do? See, we get our identity by what we do, what we wear, what we have, or who we hang around. Jesus' response to the devil was this. Man shall not have his essence, shall not live by bread alone. So in other words, man's not going to receive his essence. He's not going to live. Life is not going to be from what he gets from the outside. But man will live by what every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what he had just heard out of the mouth of God was, I'm loved and pleased. I know who my daddy is. Have you heard it? Are we still trying to be a good Christian? You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about being a good or bad Christian? No one. You can't be a bad Christian, and you can't be a good one. You either are one, or you're not. See, good and bad comes from the knowledge of good and evil. We were never supposed to even eat of that tree. Wow. Wow. See, religion has given us, has sold us a bill of goods that has kept us from living life in God the way God intended us for to live. Religion has given us a package saying you have to do this, do this, do this, be this, don't do this, do this. Listen. Most people look at this as a book of do's and don'ts. You know, when... when, when you ever open a hair dryer? Anybody have a hair dryer? Everybody's got a hair dryer? Pretty common item. You know, the person that manufactured that hair dryer has a manual in there. And in that manual, you'll notice that the very first thing, check it out. If it's not the number one, it's probably number two. Do not use while in the shower. Now, is that because the the, the, the creator of that doesn't want you to have a good time or, or doesn't want you to do what you want to do. No, it's because he wants you to get the longest life and the best use out of the product. The creator of this product has given us a love manual for us to have long life and best use of. It's your choice. That life can come from acceptance from the outside first or acceptance from His Word. 
See, the Bible says study to show yourself approved, the workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. I don't believe it really means for you to study so hard that you're going to be approved. You can't study enough to be more approved than what Jesus already made you. So what it's saying is study to show yourself that you are approved, that you are a worker, and you can rightly divide the word of truth. See, religion will give us things to do on the outside to get to the inside. Jesus came to heal the broken. Jesus came to affect the inside. So we'll be effective on the outside. See, religion gets it backwards. Religion's trying to get you to change the outside, and hopefully someday you'll be changed on the inside. No. You know, if this principle in the Word is true, we should see it other places. Oh, Genesis 1. You can turn there if you'd like to. You don't have to. In the book of Genesis, Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, we get the, the, the uh, story of the creation and how the world was made. And it gives us the story of Eve who's walking through the Garden of Eden and she sees this real good-looking tree over there that it's good for food. And the serpent says, Listen, God doesn't want you to eat of that because... He knows the moment you eat of that, you'll be like him. Now see, if Eve gets a bum rap, everybody thinks Eve's this evil woman that just wants to, you know, just defy God. God said don't do it, I'm going to do it because it's good. I don't believe that's the case at all. What I see the case is, is that, God, that, that Eve really wanted to be closer with God. See, the deception there was that the devil told Eve if she did something on the outside, like Eve, she'd be more of something on the inside. Eve was created in the likeness already. She was already like. Man was created in the image and the and the devil made her think she was and that she could just do something out here to make her more valuable. You can't do anything out here that's going to make you more valuable to God than what Jesus made you back. See, before, he was in love with I, I, I was taught for years that I was unworthy. I wasn't worthy. What's the word worthy? Worth? That I didn't have any value? Oh. In myself, in my flesh, I don't. But in God, He sent His best to buy me back, to pay the price for me. Because He wants to love on you forever, for eternity. But see, the world, religion, has taught us that we've got to do certain things instead of just understanding who we are. See, the second temptation, I'm going to set the Bible down for a second, not out of disrespect, but the second temptation of Jesus Christ. The devil took Jesus 
to where? Anybody know the story? Temple! They took him to church. They took him to church. To the structure of religion. Said the Bible says, if you be the Son of God, throw yourself down. Because the Bible says angels will keep you from hitting the bottom. See, again, took him to a religious structure and challenged his who he was to do something on the outside to prove who he was on the inside. You can never, as long as, as long as you live in the world of the outside, you'll never do enough. If you can prove to me that you're a good Christian because of what you do, I can prove to you you're a bad Christian because of what you don't do. You can get in a doghouse and bark all you want to. You're not a dog. Jesus, the Bible says that people were healing the sick, doing signs and wonders and mighty church works, and Jesus said, depart from me, for I never... It's not about what they were doing on the outside. It's about having Abba Father on the inside. It's about relationship and knowing how that relationship is founded. It's not founded on you. It's founded on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you be the Son of God. Mm. See, most religions are teaching self-improvement programs. Christianity is not about self-improvement. Self is supposed to be dead. You're supposed to prefer your brothers more than yourself. In the classes I teach, I challenge them not to pray for themselves for a week. That's hard for religious people not to do. Have you ever heard from the pulpit? You being told not to pray for yourself? Try it sometime. You'll go through some withdrawals. You think drugs are bad? Wait till you try to get rid of self. Self is real addictive. Isn't it? I mean, other churches have that problem. <laughs> Self is real addictive. Somehow we're still the center of our own little universe, aren't we? But if we just get past that and see who we are in Christ because of what He's done for us, that nothing will separate us from the love of God. You can't do anything to increase His love and you can't do anything to decrease it. That's why they call it agape. One way. All. That's God's love. Now, this is taught over a period of, of weeks. I'm condensing it down to real just to one minute. If this principle is true, 
about having your value established by what Jesus has done for you instead of what you can do for Jesus. We should see it other places in the Word. What was the last temptation of Jesus? Not the movie. Anybody know the last temptation of Jesus? Beyond this story in his lifetime. We'll get to that one other day. That's going to hurt you. What was the very last temptation of Jesus in his lifetime? What? Roman centurion looks up and says, If you be the Son of God, do something. He could have come 10,000 but he died alone. See, he never did anything to prove who he was, but who he was proved what he was. See, what you do doesn't make you what you are. What you are should determine what you do. One's called self-righteousness, and one's called Christ-righteousness. One is going to burn up <laughs> if one's going to live forever. Okay. See, there's something about the power of God. See, the, the Scripture says the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That is not just talking about going to heaven in a sweet by and by. That's about living on earth today. There is a power of God that comes through the truth of the gospel, that when you get a hold of it, you will walk noble. You will walk as king's kid. You will walk knowing that no weapon formed against you will prosper. You will start walking as victors instead of victims. Too long, the world has dictated what the church is supposed to be like. I believe that there is a revolution, not a revival. I believe there's a revolution coming where the kingdom of heaven on this earth is going to be made manifest and the world is going to see the power of God in America. I really believe that with all my heart. I, was, I can't go there. I can't get political. There is something, we call this the power of being. There's a power called being. See, God created human beings, not human doings. Church has created human doings. Trying to be something. See, most Christians are trying to be something they already are. Pleasing to God. See, as long as you're trying to do something, you're taking all your energy and putting it toward that doing. If you're trying to become something, you don't have any time to really 
live in the freedom that you are. So Jesus says this, my yoke is what? And my burden is? How many people have seen that in your Christian life? See, most religion puts heavy burdens on you. The scripture reads this way, are you tired, weary, and heavy laden? It's actually talking about religious works. In that scripture. Listen, the gospel is easy and it's light. And it will empower you to walk as king's kids. Fully accepted, complete in Christ, with all the power of the resurrection available to you now. Most Christians are going to go to heaven someday and go, oh, I could have had victory then. You know the old V8 commercials? Am I dating myself? Where do you think I got this? I've been doing that a lot lately. Go, oh, I could have had healing. I could have had joy. I did. I want to encourage you to begin to look at your life. Derive, get your life not from what you do, what you wear, what you drive, how much money you have. Get your life, your energy, from what this book says you are. And the problem is the word repent. A lot of people believe repenting means stopping what you're doing. You're outside. The word repent means first to change the way you think. So you can stop what you're doing. If you stop what you're doing and don't change this, six months later, like the other churches, you'll be right back into the problem you had before, right? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Victory comes by knowing who you are. I tell you what, if you see yourself righteous, you're going to be righteous. So a man thinks in his own mind, so is he. If you think you're righteous and see you, people perish for lack of what? Another verse says people perish for lack of vision. What kind of vision do you have in your mind about you? Do you have the vision? See, are you seeing your past? Are, listen, what happens, most people take steps for the future because of what they've seen in the past. So the past is determining their future. So if your past is determining your future, your future is going to just look just like your... If you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. It is that simple in life. If you just do what you've always done, you just get what you always got. It doesn't matter what you're believing for. You're going to have to step out of the boat. And the only way you can step out of the boat is knowing who you are and who He is and what it was done for you. You're a king's kid. You're more than a conqueror. You're not a sinner. See, a lot of people believe that if you sin, you're a sinner. What makes you a sinner? Not what you do. 
You can be born, just, just being born in this fleshy body, you're a sinner. So what you do doesn't make you a sinner. Mm. Mm. Say the church is full of saints that have problems with their flesh, have sin problems. And the reason they have sin problems is because they don't see themselves as being saints. That's why the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world. Outside pressure, that's what conforming is. But be transformed from the inside out. Oh, I hope and pray you can get a hold of this. Start reading the Word, seeing yourself with glory all over you. Where'd that come from? Well, it come from the Word. Hopefully we'll get to talk about that one of these days, about the glory. See, the church, churchdom has destroyed the very vocabulary of the, new, of the kingdom of heaven. We don't even know what these words really mean. But I believe with all my heart that if you can just grab a hold of who God says you are, you'll never be the same. Never be the same. Let's stand there. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this opportunity you've given us this morning to open your word. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. You bring revelation. It is my utmost heart for your word to find good ground this morning. And that your word be nourished, to be taken care of, fertilized, magnified, edified, until it brings forth fruit in the here. Right now there may be some of you in here that this message didn't really do you any good because you're not a son of God. You have never acknowledged what Jesus has done for you at Calvary and that He paid the price for your sin and that in your lifetime you're still planning on paying the price for your sin. You can't do it. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted the finished work of Calvary for your sense of value and worth, this morning is the now time for you. Now is the time for you to receive Jesus as the source of your value. Jesus as the source of your worth. Jesus as the source of your acceptance. See, when you accept Jesus as the source of your acceptance, you won't look for it from man anymore. Rejection won't affect you. If God be for you, who can be against you? It just won't matter. That way you can love the unlovable. See, if you're still trying to earn your worth with God, you won't ever think about the other person and his condition. You'll only worry about you and your salvation until you know that yours is secure. Jesus said this, I love you the way 
I know God loves me. The only way you can love others if you understand how much Jesus loves you. And once you know it's unconditional, then you can turn around and love people unconditionally. So this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I just want you to hold your hand, and we will pray for you. There's a body of believers right here in this building that know how to pray for you. I believe with all my heart there's people in this building, the power of God is going to flow through their hands every time we get together. Every time. Every time. The battle for your identity has been going on all your life. It's time for you to hear the word of the Lord and have your life established in it. Amen.